episode one. Ugh. A hard day's night, right? Yep. Okay. I just had it on. I was I, well. I was making dinner. I just wanted to relive the magic. I guess. I guess. First of all, we should just say, like, who we are and why we love this Ugh. fucking show because <laughs> it's the best everybody okay can, can we all just be a little bit real and just everyone can agree that it's the best show on television like it's you don't stay on the air for 11 years unless I, you're the like the pinnacle of american television i just think that like other than law and order svu i cannot think of another mm. show that has been on as long as this show yeah. i know that there are some but i mean Doctor Who is, I think, oh, the yeah. longest running show of all time. But that's, um, I mean, as somebody who's not watched <laughs> Doctor Who, <laughs> like, that, like, their cast switches all the time, right? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it's really important for, for me to establish, like, right away that this is not guilty pleasure television. No. Like, I want to really make that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck that designation. Right. I get teased a lot for liking the show and I get a lot of like, oh, that's still on, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, it is. And I get overly defensive in a way that's like not socially very attractive. (laughs) But I just like I always come back to two things. The first of which is, of course, like the writing, right? Like the writing on the show is so good. Um, And more specifically, the writing of the characters, right? That like, I like Grey's Anatomy for the reason that I like, for the same reasons that I read like books, right? That I read for characters and I watch this show for characters. And I think that like where the writing is so successful is is with like the character development. Like they're, I don't know, like not necessarily the ability to like relate to characters because I think that is true. But um, I just think that the characters are incredibly deep. Uh, And they're just like, I don't know, there's just so, so, so many layers to them that I think are <clears throat> infinitely complicated and annoying and frustrating and brilliant all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, uh, like the actors assembled are oh. uh, fantastic. Okay? Yeah. There's yeah. like, there's nothing pedestrian about the cast that Shonda Rhimes assembles right yeah. in 2005. Um, she strikes kind of gold with Ellen Pompeo, who is like, not everyone's favorite but no. if you look at her body of work she's like fucking unreal kind of like <laughs> yeah yeah and and i don't think that like i think that she's a great love story because nobody ever was rooting for her she's like constantly sort of overlooked in discussions about Grey's anatomy which is so fascinating to me because i love audience surrogates yeah. and i love how much people hate themselves on television yeah right and meredith is like nothing other than just you on television like embodied on television messy right. and, and like terrible. the worst part of yourselves <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally i think another big issue for me to sort of like contextualize why we're doing this completely absurd podcast project <laughs> is that like you know, I I think that there's something incredibly powerful about what we sort of uh, deride as women's entertainment. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I'm I'm Puerto Rican. I grew up on my mom's ABC soaps. Like, <clears throat> and you know, there was a lesbian kiss on All My Children before there was you know anything similar on network television. Like, I think right. there's something about women's entertainment that is can be so radical. And it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's just denigrated because it's, you know, middle brow or even low brow. And I get so frustrated and so like feminist oh, angry yeah. about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think that it has done like, it has done such incredible things for so many different kinds of women. Right. Like, I think that that's what I love about it is that they're, and, and, and you know, from all sort of like creeds and races and backgrounds and sexualities and all sort of like the pillars of identity that like, it's likely that you can watch that show and whether it's a main character or a patient or somebody like there's somebody who looks like you or has an issue that you have dealt with at some point in your life. And I know that that's like super intentional on Shonda's like agenda. And I think that that's just incredibly, incredibly important, particularly, I mean, it's important for men. I think that that's probably true for men too, but I think that that's particularly potent for women. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. 
so this show, I'm just going to set the stage a little bit, okay? Please do. Um, some some by-the-numbers shit about mm. uh, the pilot of Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. So it was a mid-season replacement show, yeah. which I didn't, I didn't realize until we talked about this uh, in our <laughs> quote-unquote prep. Right. <laughs> our important prep meeting audience yeah, members. Really. We, we wore pantsuits without pants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was not wearing so... pants for that meeting, just to, just to be I'm totally clear. not wearing pants right now. No, I actually am. Um, Good for you. I don't, don't want to lie to our listeners. I <laughs> am wearing pants right now. It's really, it's, <laughs> I'm just really proud of you in this moment. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So it premieres on March 27th, 2005. Oh. Okay. So I want you to think about 2005. I'm springing this question on you. Oh, God. Where were you? <laughs> In your life, you know, in March 2005. <laughs> I will tell you that I actually remember watching the pilot on live TV on wow. a Thursday night. I do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it aired on Thursday night. It actually might have been. Was Friends always on Thursday nights? I, I I'm pretty sure Friends was on Thursday nights. Remember. Anyway, when Friends ended, <laughs> Friends was the first TV show I was ever allowed to watch. Mm-hmm. And um, Friends ended, and I felt very attached because it was the first TV show I was allowed to watch. <laughs> and it ended promptly afterward. <laughs> and I was looking for something new to watch, and I always loved gross stuff. And so when they said that there was a new doctor show coming on in the middle of March, I jumped on board. And I remember sort of like waiting for it to come on and sitting in my parents' house because I was 16 years old. I had just turned 16. And I remember sitting on the couch with my mom. And I, like, remember wrapping myself around this show, like, pretty instantly. 2005. Yeah. 2005, man. That was, that was a long... Oh, we God. did not know each other in 2005. No. And we've known each other no. a long time oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't know me in 2005. You wouldn't have liked me. <laughs> I... I think you would have liked me in 2005, but I, I'm, a, I'm a narcissist. I think everyone <laughs> likes me all the time. So. I probably would have. I like most people. I didn't really have, <laughs> not to speak ill of you, but I didn't really have standards. <laughs> I'm be That's totally fair. I, I, in 2005, see, man, you, you, I was not expecting your answer. Um, I feel like you're like a gold star Grays fan. <laughs> um, I did not see the pilot. I don't remember the show coming on. I watched ER with my family. Mm-hmm. I loved ER. I was really into it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I See, I but, always wanted to be able to watch ER, and I was never alone. Oh, that sucks. <sighs> uh, like, I watched Sex in the City for the first time with my parents in high school. So that's oh, God. That was my background with television. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so... <laughs> it's a different podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, yep. Or, or the therapy session. Um... <laughs> So I didn't, I don't remember Grey's Anatomy like at all. I don't remember what it replaced. I don't remember watching it. I, in March of 2005, I had a not crappy boyfriend. I had a very nice boyfriend. Um, I was also um, secretly in love with my best friend uh, who was a girl. So I think in, I think in 2005, I was just thinking about different things. (laughs) I was like I was watching TV with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was honestly I think I had just discovered the L word on Showtime. Uh, well, and I was priorities. Like, watching that in secret upstairs in my room. I was not watching that with my parents. Um so I didn't really get into Grays until college. Really? Um yeah, I I just I don't have any memory of it. I I remember a lot of other yeah. shows in high school. No memory. Huh, of it. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Huh. Not until I knew yeah, you. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. And then I don't know what switched for me, but I was like, well, this is the greatest show I've ever seen in my whole entire life. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm it, here for this uh, for forever, for life. apparently. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> just just so you know, just some points of interest. 16.25 million people watched that pilot. So that's that's not bad. Wow. I don't have any comparative statistics. What, I was going to say, what is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know how many people watch it now on a weekly basis on network TV? Like, I know that statistic is probably like really frayed because nobody actually watches right. TV on the TV. Anymore. Right. I, but I'd be, I don't know. I'd be interested. We should yeah, look it we up. We should look it up and report to our loyal listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, listener um, parentheses s 
close parentheses. Um, Alex Karev, uh, as I told yeah. you, was not even in the pilot. Dude was not in the pilot. They digitally added that him That shit is later. wild. I know. That blows my mind. That is wild. And like I said, as like a student of media, I feel like kind of like self-conscious of the fact that I, I didn't like notice that <laughs> when I rewatched uh, the pilot. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, this dude was clearly not in this scene originally. <laughs> Maybe that's why they put that shitty suede jacket on him is to like distract from the fact that he was photoshopped into the scene, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's, I mean, I know we're not quite ready to talk about that yet, but I think that that's maybe why they made that particular costume that's choice. totally possible. Because there could be no other <laughs> rational reason for that. This will throw the audience off the scent. I love, too, that the reason he was Brennan was because Shonda, like, watched the pilot back and, like, watched George and was like, oh, uh, no, we need someone else. <laughs> more because if there's one thing that i'm gonna establish super hard in this podcast it's fuck george o'malley (laughs) all right and i'm gonna be the reasonable one who says (laughs) sometimes we needed george okay never sometimes we needed george well you know (laughs) fuck you (laughs) before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode and we go through our notes as we were watching um I we want to establish I think like the only major rule for this podcast that we came up with I mean obviously it's it's going to be um quote unquote explicit because we've already said fuck like 12 times um so that's going to fucking so that's the thing to fucking note but the other thing is we're not going to spoil char- like major character deaths so mm. if you know if Karev dies in a horrible submarine explosion um, in Puget Sound. Hashtag season three. <laughs> we're not we're not going to spoil that. So, like, if you don't watch the show and you're just listening to this podcast because you know us and you're doing us a favor. Thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, mom. Um, <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil character deaths. Um, we will, of course, spoil like just the everyday people who don't matter who die in the episode. That's going to be a really key part of every podcast. Yeah. Um, and I would say that, like, if we're going to talk about anything that is not a character death that, like, you maybe don't want to know, we'll try to warn you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. What is the very first thing that you oh, yeah. wrote in your notebook? <laughs> Okay, the actual very first thing that I wrote. Okay, hold on. I have <laughs> Because it's funny. My very first note says, FYI. <laughs> because I regularly rewatch, there's, the context here is that I regularly rewatch Grey's Anatomy all the time. So, like, currently I'm on about three loops of it. Like, one that I watch with Jacob, my husband, one that is my own time, and the current live tv like string right and now really i think that there's a fourth one for this podcast so i've really started back at square one so my very first notes in parentheses i don't know why i thought the parentheses were necessary says fyi i was on season eight episode two so you don't lose your place (laughs) (laughs) so i felt like that's an important bookmark anyway after that (laughs) important bookmark it says omg (laughs) Mare's voice is so small and baby, <laughs> which I think is a very professional way of saying, wow, Ellen Pompeo is very young 12 years ago. <laughs> it's a really, it is. It's a really polite way of being like, oh, Ellen had 12 years less of smoking in her voice. <laughs> Does she actually smoke? Do we know this? I don't this? know. I just I mean, assume I... by her like skinniness and her voice, <laughs> she's got to smoke, right? Like, it's... right? I assume so. I don't know. It's a 21st century man, though. She's got like two kids. I... Don't all actors still smoke? I I have no idea. I'm like going off of like Johnny Depp. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> That's the beauty of this podcast is we can just like Google the information we need, and then like 10 minutes later, you can be like, oh, Ellen Pompeo doesn't smoke. She quit four years ago. <laughs> Right. <laughs> she looks pretty haggard in her Wikipedia photo. Okay, just everyone so you does. Know. Wikipedia has a vendetta. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know how old Ellen Pompeo is? This answer could like surprise me in either way. 
<laughs> okay, guess. Oh, God. Oh, I hope she never hears this. Uh, Ellen Pompeo. Okay. Like, voice-wise, I think she's, like, 45 or 50. Like, actual person-wise, I think she's 40? She's 46. Oh, fuck yeah! Right? <laughs> My next comment about the pilot says... Are Meredith's eyes a different color? I also, in all of my notes, call Meredith Mare because I feel a close personal connection oh, yeah, with totally. her. Totally. Same. So, um, are Mare's eyes a different color? Because in new seasons, her eyes are much darker than they are in the very first episode. It feels like there was maybe some, like, they over edited her, her, like, facial structure. And her eyes are, like, a very, very light color. And that was the thing I noticed. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. No. I. My very first comment um, is is similar to yours. It was um, obligatory note slash freak out in caps, all caps. They're so young. <laughs> Which, like, I rewatch Grey's Anatomy at the start of every academic year because that's what I grade papers to. And right. every single time, my very first comment is, they're so young. Like, I usually text you and I'm like, oh, my OMG, they're yeah. so young. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My next comment says Derek is so yes. thin. He's that like maroon shirt is hanging yes. off of him. Like not and that also he, he ever gets comment. heavy, but he's just like so yeah. like yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just like the like young yes. thin, right? When he's older, he is like a more sort of filled out normal adult totally <laughs> size. My next my next note was in and we'll get to this at at some point at a because it's going to be sort of a recurring theme in our episodes, but my next note because i was like oh i'm gonna keep track of the songs <laughs> is it about yeah. rilo kiley <laughs> which oh. uh for the record is the only song that i took note of in i was like oh, oh i'm gonna too. track the songs and i just i only did rilo kiley i was like oh my god portions for foxes i'm back in 2005 i'm there i'm totally and i'm totally there i'm a junior in high school again <laughs> it says rilo kiley and portions portions for foxes right out of the yeah. gate what a yeah. tone, like what a tone to set. Fuck yeah. You know? Like it just like totally, and just like the, that like baby, you're bad news. Like the use of that line exactly when they do it is so, it's, so potent. It's, it's so totally good. stellar. Yes. Um, like a Ugh. question I have um, in general is like, if in those early seasons, like did Shonda Rhimes, like, did she have a music director or did she come up with all of that stuff? Because I don't know if you remember, but when Grey's was sort of at the height of its popularity, it was a really big deal to be featured on Grey's Anatomy, like to be a featured yeah. performer on Grey's Anatomy. Like Snow yeah. Patrol got like huge off of Grey's. The Fray, that's how the Fray got famous. Oh, yeah. like absolutely. It was well, and big. They used to put out those like CDs, right? Like Grey's Anatomy season seven or whatever soundtrack. Yeah. And like, I know they did that for a lot of shows, but it almost reminded me a little bit. If you ever watched the OC mm. that like there was some, the, the music from that show was also like particularly potent. And there was a lot of CDs that or a lot of bands that really um, like found their fame from yeah. that show. And I think that this was sort of simultaneous to that, right? That like, it was a big deal to be featured on these shows that young people were watching. Yeah. I, and, like, using music in an effective way to, like, tell a yeah, story. Yeah, totally. Which and, I really and, I mean, appreciate. now everyone sort of makes fun of their, you know, the montages that... Right, <laughs> that right, some, right. You know, like, these sappy <laughs> indie rock songs or whatever. And that's that's totally valid. Like, I literally just watched a 30 Rock season 5 episode that just does a perfect parody of what Grey's Anatomy was Ugh. doing. But but at the time, yes. like, that was, that was a big fucking deal. And Grey's did it better than yeah. anybody. Um, and mm -hmm. this portions for foxes is like such a great instance oh. of like, oh, here we are. Like, we're just jumping into this. And, and I also throttle. love it because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also love it because I think that it's like another great female yes. nod. Right. That like Rilo Kylie is such a that's just such a wonderful. Totally. I don't know. Like, shout just, out Jenny Lewis. And just, yes. Yeah. Very like, yeah, this is what we're exactly. going to be about. This is going to be the aesthetic yeah. of the show. It just it just so sets the tone. I just yeah. love it. We don't have to go like note by note by note, but I did want to say that my very next note was again in all capital letters um, with hearts around it. Just the word <laughs> mustache. 
<laughs> which <laughs> which is referring to the chief, uh, Richard Lepper. Of course. Oh my god. His facial hair in that episode. Who later transitions into a goatee, but I forget every time that he starts with a mustache, and goddamn if it doesn't just grab me each time. Every time. And it's like black like it's very dark it's like a jet black mustache it's it's something really special yeah he's another interesting character that i'm curious to see how he evolves as we talk about him you know like he's such a i don't know just like a stalwart character on this show that um he's just i i don't like think a lot about him you know even though i think that he's probably arguably one of the more complex characters in the show yeah and somebody who like has been there's so few characters that have been there since day one that are still on the show today Mm -hmm. and i think that that's um i don't know if that was a spoiler is that a spoiler yeah i don't think so the chief doesn't die (laughs) (laughs) okay you're gonna have to check me for a while (laughs) dun 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 no (laughs) Yeah, no, when people talk about, you know, the old guard, they're usually talking about, like, people who were original interns, we won't name anyone, um, who are still with the show. And you're right, like, you know, the chief gets left out of that kind of conversation, I think, because he's this figure of authority. But Weber's Weber's great. I think he's one of the the better actors on the show. I mean, I think he's Mm -hmm. just a really, um, he's just... He's compelling to watch, and he does humor Absolutely. very well. He does he does drama very well. He's he does stern very well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you should know that a lot of my notes on here are about their outfits. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, here's a note that says. Oh my God! What are their fucking outfits? Mare is wearing khakis with, that's I believe five exclamation points. Someone in there. Oh my gosh, that's right. When they first walk into the um, the OR and um, Weber is like, "This is your arena. This is your stage." Like you know that scene, and yeah. they like flash back to it in the future. It's wonderful. Yeah. Someone in their class, like all of those other people that they never fucking talk about that came in with them. Um, <laughs> Someone in that class is wearing a khaki maxi skirt, no, like a full no. no. khaki <laughs> maxi skirt. <laughs> so it's like for all of you watching or if you're thinking about watching, it's at least worth it to know that somewhere out there, some costume director was like, I know what you should wear. I've got the perfect thing. First day as a surgical intern. I've got this. Nailed it. Khaki maxi skirt. And the next comment is about Alex's. It says, is Alex wearing a suede button up? (laughs) And then it says, how the fuck did we watch this? So That's the thing, really, is like how, by the end of this episode, I really felt like, there were several moments where I was like, oh, this is this is what made this show. And like, we'll we'll get into that. But like at the beginning, it is kind of remarkable, remarkable to be like, this show went on to be a hit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, truly. This truly. assortment of people went on to become right. a really big deal. Yeah, yeah. My first note about George, played by T.R. Knight, who I'm sure is a lovely person, but I can't even watch him in other things. I just... <laughs> But my, he, thankfully, he found like a grown-up haircut by the time he reached mm-hmm. his 30s. I saw him on The Good Wife recently and was like, whoa, oh. for fuck's sake, finally. <laughs> but my first note was, I wanted to punch George O'Malley the moment we meet him. And then my, ne- my first question is, how the fuck is he so sweaty already? <laughs> <laughs> He's just a nervous guy, okay? Which is coming from someone who admittedly is sweating through their shirt right now without an audience live in front of me. <laughs> God damn it. Every time I see George, I just want to like sponge him down. <laughs> what is so frustrating to you about George? Like what it like okay. what is it about his this character? Is easy. I know I've opened Pandora's <laughs> box here, so I I'm gonna limit you to about one minute. Um I I so his sweat, first of all. His okay. total lack of any like definable haircut. For the entirety of his time on the series, he never has a haircut that looks like it was cut on purpose to look a certain way. So aesthetically, those things drive me crazy. The biggest thing for me is that he's a mumbler. Get the marbles out. Like, spit it the fuck out, O'Malley. Like, like, say what you're going to say. He's getting worked up. Say that a normal, like, a human's voice. Like, you are an adult man as a surgical fucking intern. Like, 
you must be somewhat competent and intelligent and capable. Like, I'm just not here for your, like, mumbling, stuttering, literally tripping over your feet bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I just am not here for it. I just hate it. And I I feel like I'm so. So is it like, is it the way that he portrays himself or is it the way that, like, do I mean, like, is it your issue with his mumbling or is it the issue with his, like, lack of confidence? It's, it's an issue with both, and it feels like an inauthentic performance to me, honestly. Like, I think oh. that T.R. Knight is the least convincing of the core actors that we meet in this first season. Okay. Like, I really feel that okay. way. I don't think he's a convincing actor. And eventually I grow into, like, okay, this is just who this character is supposed to be. But I feel less like he embodied george and more like i was like well i can't fight it he's clearly an important part of the show (laughs) right 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 huh um all right so yeah and i just you know like his his reactions to um meredith are inauthentic his reactions to later romantic partners are inauthentic like i just he's never convincing with with anyone except for katherine heigl um as uh, their friendship is really convincing that's yeah um i think that's right on i had never it. thought about it that way <laughs> no i think that that's true i hadn't because that's what i was trying to get at is like is it an issue with his acting or is it an issue with his like the man he is as a character i don't know and, and i think that he's like designed to be this sort of cowardly guy yeah. right that's like supposed to be his charm yeah. um which i i you know, sort of a storyline, I can understand that role in the mix of these original core characters. Um, but I do think that that's true, that romantically, and we can get into this obviously later when we get into those later episodes, but I do think that his friendship with Katherine Heigl is the only one that's truly, like, genuine. And yeah. in, in a, in a, like you said, in a believable way. Yeah. I echo that. Just hugely, hugely frustrating for me. <laughs> Just in, as intelligently, my first comment about George says, George is a puppy. <laughs> I mean, like, if so your just first really, instinct just... is to kick a puppy, then yeah, George is a puppy. <laughs> he just is like, when when the Burke or, I can't remember if it's Burke or if it's the chief that comes to announce that he's going to get the first solo surgery. <laughs> and the, he's like, has food on his mouth and he's like spitting out food when he's like, goes to George O'Malley, you know? Yeah. And he's like, what? He's got, like, fucking shit coming out of his mouth. And I just, like, he just looks like how Hank, my adorable, amazing puppy, looks when he gets surprised when he's drinking water. (laughs) Which I would say is, like, a really bad trait for a future surgeon to have. (laughs) That is true. Like, there's a, in the very first season, or I mean, in the very first episode in the pilot, when he says, he and Meredith, I think, are sitting outside and they're sort of commiserating about how difficult their day is, their first shift. And he's like, I should have gone into geriatrics. Like, nobody cares when you kill an old person in geriatrics after he, you know, shits the bed with the appendectomy. (laughs) And I, like, in my head was like, you should have, (laughs) you know, like, that would have been a better fit for you. Good fit. You know? Because his bedside manner, it, even in that very first episode, is, I mean, it's over, you know, overconfident when he tells that person, like, oh, you're going to sail through surgery. Like, that's not at all what he should have done in that situation. But I think that, like, it could have made him a good person in a different field in medicine. You know, like, he's clearly, like, a nurturing <laughs> like a character. Counselor. <laughs> right, right, right. In a way, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's so funny that you should write the note, like, he should have fucking gone into geriatrics. Because my note is, at a different point, he's, like, talking, he says something like, um, I should have been a, I should have been a postal worker. <laughs> And I wrote verbatim, I wish George had become a postal worker. I think I have that. I'd have to look back, but I'm pretty sure I have it. I think you're totally right that his his bedside manner uh, with the wife of the patient who eventually dies um, is, I mean, you know, you know, it's going to go badly in part because George so oversells, like he so oversells the foreshadowing by being like, you're going to sail through it. Yeah. And I have another note, you know, he literally, his quote, when he says to the wife that the patient has died, he says, mumbling, <laughs> looking anywhere but at this woman's face. Tony died. He's dead. Gloria, there were complications in the surgery. Tony's heart had a, a lot of damage. 
they, we try to take them off bypass. But there wasn't anything we could have done. What are you talking about? Tony died. He's dead. Gloria, I'm so sorry. Please. Go. <laughs> I was like, he can't even deliver, like, bad news correctly. <laughs> like, like, no doctor would ever be like, your husband, he, he died. He's, He's dead. Tony died. He's dead. He's dead. so dead. He's, He's really six cold feet and under. dead right now. <laughs> I just put a tag on that asshole's toe. <laughs> yeah. That shit's over. I'm just as stunned as you are. Like, he looks shocked while he's delivering yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's, like, that's a mistake, right? Like, that's overselling his, George's, like, naivete, right? His Georgeness, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like, it's just a bridge too far. Yeah. It's sort of related to George, um... In the way that I think of him, my one of my other keynotes from this episode is that the rectal exam, <laughs> um, that that montage is the heart of this show. <laughs> it's amazing. I said it's honestly the heart of the show. <laughs> and then they like she makes Izzy do it and everybody's yes. like ripping her a new one. No pun intended about being a model. <laughs> You know, yes. which like comes up in later episodes, but like yes. So Catherine Heigl, who plays Izzy Stevens, who's who's fucking crazy, and that's not a spoiler. Um, yeah, she is. She's snap. You know, she's snapping on her gloves and pointing her fingers and bending men. They're all men over. You know, of course, yeah. to do these rectal exams. Um, and <laughs> and Jem's uh, song "They" is playing in the background. Right, and it's just it could not like you could not have like cut that montage any better i love every single thing about it <laughs> and, and they're like hard scene cuts too like yes. the glove snap and the scene cuts and you're like oh she's in his butthole yes. <laughs> like, oh. that's that's exactly where she leads you, you we're know? right up in there right yeah. up in there in a bum yeah digging and around for a prostate right now <laughs> and she is so like i think that she's so great for that role because she's so like truly is just just strikingly beautiful in like yeah. such an obvious kind of way which i believe is a direct line from that show but like I, I I just think that that's wonderful. Like I think it again sets the tone, right? Of like what's sort of what's forthcoming. I just really love it. It's so yes. great. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. And then and then you see like I think almost immediately after that you see Mare. She's got her patient, the one who's dealing with seizures, right? Yeah. And she's like woman. lost in the hospital. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like and that, pushing like, this patient around in and out of the elevator, and it's it's perfect. It's just perfect. You're so lost. What do you like to do? Yeah. Something I have down is thinking about like something that I actually really appreciate about early in the show, and I think that is something that I have continued to like about this show 12 years later is that they do sort of this, um, this timeline as you go, right? Like that's a 48 hour shift and they go like one hour, two mm. hours, or, you know, however many hours in between on the screen. And at 19 hours in, there's already this sort of allegiance between Izzy, Meredith, Christina, and George. I think it's when they're maybe eating lunch down in the sort of the hollows of the hospital maybe. Um, and there's sort of, there's sort of this immediate allegiance between them and they're super comfortable with each other, right? Yeah. After only 19 hours. And I actually like, I really like that. I think it's really nice that they sort of have this immediate allegiance with each other. And I think that some people might look at that as sort of inauthentic, but I don't. It actually sort of reminds me of, of college, right? Yes. Where like mm -hmm. you, your proximity means everything when you're in college and you're just sort of friends with the people who are near you. Um, and I just really like how quickly they sort of like grab onto each other in a way that is, is so, I just think is so wonderful. It just like feels so genuine to me in the way that like when you get thrown into hard situations where you have to work your ass off, like you cling on to the people who are nearest to you. And I think that that's something that they have stuck with throughout the entirety of the show that I really love. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that's another, it's another great example of the casting of the yeah. show. Um, and that's exactly how I feel by the end of this pilot um, is is it's like, oh, that's why the show really clicked. It's because these people, this group of interns, five or six or whatever interns, they click so, so convincingly and organically 
by the end of 50 minutes and it's like wow like great directing great casting just knocked it out of the park oh oh, absolutely absolutely (laughs) and it's also interesting that like alex is not in that immediate group right and partial but partially because he was was not actually physically not there or a thought in anyone's head (laughs) right um but furthermore like i think that his character is pretty interesting because that that shonda felt like she needed to add another sort of male character in the george's very weak wake um that he's a real dick like he's a he's a huge huge dick in that in that first episode um and as we i I would say the first season yeah i was just thinking like as we sort of rewatch ourselves through this first through this first season like they really have to go a long way like knowing long term that he's in this show um and i just think that we they have to go a really long way for us to truly get to not just like Alex, but really love him. Yeah. Uh, And I think that that's fascinating, right? That like I had such strong feelings against Alex when we first watched this show, a good friend of mine from high school, like always dated the asshole, right? Like she always had this sort of asshole boyfriend and she immediately was drawn to Karev when we were 17 years old um, (laughs) in a way that I was like, classic Colleen, you know, like, like, that's about right. Exactly. And I think that that's really fascinating because I think that that's very genuine. Um, and I, and I just, I don't know. I just think he's a really wonderful actor. And I think that it's, it's almost like painful to know, like to see him as such a dick, you know, (laughs) like to go back and be like, Oh God. Like, (laughs) yeah, I think, I think it was a huge, it was a huge gamble to have a villain, essentially a villain in the intimate circle that you're trying to get people to rally around. Yeah. Um, a huge gamble. And, and I think it, I think you're absolutely right that it results in one of the most complex, um, characters in the show, but there's absolutely no guarantee, um, that he's, you know, that he's going to be able to pull that off that Justin Chambers um, is, is going to be able to, 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 eventually convert an audience you know yeah yeah um and it's a testament to him that that i think for for most if not all viewers he he does but it does take a long time which again makes sense and there are also a lot of setbacks which i think makes sense right 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 and i think that he you know believably i guess i mean that's too far into the future but he i think that he believably i I just think he's a really fantastic actor and that he can play so many different faces of himself so in such an authentic way I agree. I wanted to ask you, because I, I have I have my own feelings about this, but I wanted to ask you what you think of Burke. Like we should probably go through yeah. all of the main characters, but I want to I want to start with Burke. What do you, like What do you think of Burke just based on the pilot? You know, that's interesting. I think that when I Burke is like, he strikes me now as an adult, right? Like when I first watched first watched the show, I was 16 years old, right? And so looking at Burke then, I was like, Burke's pretty hot, <laughs> you know? Like he like he 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 um his confidence I think is appealing in a lot of ways and that's the thing that I was really drawn to as a young person um as like a young woman right and I think that now I he's like a cocky arrogant academic frankly you know and like in a way that 10 years ago I thought was hot and now I'm like it's not as attractive to me which I think is a sign of obviously of my growing up, but um, I'm not quite sure yeah. how he was meant to be written, you know, in some ways. Yeah. I don't know why. What do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I think I, I said uh, something like, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right after a note where I say, George is honestly so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> my next line is Washington is pretty clearly the pilot's acting VIP. And I think um, I I have to split myself in two to yeah. talk about to talk about Burke because I think that Isaiah Washington, um, who's the Washington <laughs> that I'm referring to here, that's important. Um, I think that he is a phenomenal actor, and again, like one of the better actors yeah. on the show. Yes. right off the bat, he's a veteran, and you can tell. Um, I think that Burke is such a tool, <laughs> and and I really. I I didn't like him the first time I watched the pilot. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and I I didn't like him this time either. And I one of the one of the lines that really got to me is you know so George is picked 
to do the appendectomy, um, the first sur surgical procedure. And it's like a task that's, um, it's, you know, you are set up yeah. to fail, right? To be an example to the rest of the interns. Um, and so Burke's in this procedure with George. George, you know, does everything minus pissing himself, basically. At one point, one of the, like, extras up in the gallery says he's going to sweat himself unsterile. And I just, like, lost my shit. I was like, yes, but all the time. He, like, shouldn't be allowed to practice medicine for that reason. But um, Burke, at one point, you know, he's he's trying to get George to, to become unstuck. Like, George freezes. And I can appreciate, like, what Burke is trying to do, like, shock George's system into yeah. action. Um, but he says, pull your balls out of your back pocket. Pull your balls out of your back pocket. Let's go. What are you waiting for, Sasha? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm certainly reading a future issue into this pilot moment. Um, but... I my immediate response to that was like fuck Burke like <laughs> like just fuck Burke like yeah. I was just very like it wasn't believable to me because it felt like a military response and yeah. less like a teaching hospital <laughs> response right right um and I think Burke comes down from that I think I think Washington evens out his character over the course of the season but based off of the pilot I was really like oh fuck this guy he's just terrible yeah and, like possibly like a chauvinist yeah <laughs> well and i mean that brings i think that that brings us to like another super interesting from uh point from the early episodes of the show is that it is that it's extremely sexist yeah um and there are certainly i think that there are definitely things to be admired in like female friendships that we absolutely should talk about um but i think that one of the things i wrote down is like pretty late on in the episode Nobody has treated before, right before George, that like happens with George, right? I think that that's a, that's an obvious moment of George getting, you know, treated like shit, but like nobody has truly treated a dude like shit in this show, right? Yeah. In this, in this first episode, I think that like, that's one example, but even that is sort of like, it's not really authentic, right? It's like, oh, it's like more teasing, right? Yeah. And women get treated like shit a lot in this first episode. Um, and I think that part of, and the other um, side of that is that George gets teased or very early on in this episode, but it's the result of his actions potentially making him gay. Right. Right. And like, yeah. Izzy is getting teased for like being a model and Meredith is getting teased for having an academic mother and, um, or, a you know, surgeon mother and Sandra O's character is getting teased for like, you know, just being smart and badass. Right. <laughs> and so it's like all these women getting teased for things that they should be proud of. Right. And like, totally. I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it was fascinating to me to look at the way that the characters treated each other. Um, and I often think of the show, as we said at the very beginning, as like incredibly progressive and, and sort of forward thinking and admirable in a lot of ways. And it's something that like really gets me when I watch these early episodes is like, wow, that's, that's super, super negative, particularly toward women. Yes. And then the, the other thing, aspect of that is that like the nurse oppression in this show which i think oh. we should talk about oh man we're gonna get into it <laughs> yeah i don't know i just think that that like there's some just very gendered things early on that are as a you know adult female are <laughs> difficult to watch <laughs> yeah no and i think you raise a really good point about like what george is teased for because not only is he teased for like being a bumbling idiot like things that are his own fault as opposed to <laughs> things like you said that the women should generally feel pretty proud of but also, like, the way that George is teased is by putting down women, right? Or likening yes. him to a woman. Or somehow, exactly. even though this is such a problematic, stupid word, emasculating George over and over and over yes. again. Whether it's Karev or Burke or even the other female characters. Right. Um, and it's and it's really it's really interesting in the pilot and dis disheartening, even if it's it's probably an honest portrayal. Um, yeah. And it, and it does continue. I mean, for... I, you know, I, I think that particularly with Karev and George, that continues. I mean, oh, yeah. it's ongoing. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I think, I think that is really interesting. And the nurse oppression, um, 100% we're going to have to get into. And I think oh, is God. a really interesting point for us to maybe raise when we have a special guest on the show. Yeah. Who is a nurse. <laughs> yes. Um, or medical consult. Yes. Yeah. To just be like, okay, like talk talk to us about like the real shit here because right 
<laughs> yeah. The glorification of, of surgery as like this hyper aggressive, hyper masculine pursuit is, is really fascinating. And I would love to know, like, is that really like how surgeons think of themselves? Is this a real thing? It makes me kind of uncomfortable about going in for procedures. Yeah. And, it, but like, it's also, it's not so different to me from like the hyper masculinity of the military, yeah. right? Of like, um, and, and I don't know, I think that people sometimes chalk that up to like, well, that's like the attitude you have to have when you're doing a job, when people's lives are in their hands, right? Like you have to take it as seriously as possible. And unfortunately that's often the venue that that takes. Right. Um, but, and, and, and I don't know. And I think that like George's character is almost interesting to me because I think it challenges that. And even Izzy's character, you know, sort of, I guess Meredith too, but like sort of that the, the characters in the show who sort of challenge that that expectation um and are ultimately like not all that successful when they do yeah you know and, and i don't know i'd just be interested to hear from from gina about like what that if that if that is true you know i don't know any surgeons yeah. other than the surgeons i've had <laughs> who've been fine yeah. you know? <laughs> who are like um, really doctors, pleasant normal right. <laughs> right and like doctors i've talked to who have obviously watched Grey's anatomy are like oh you know it's obviously nothing like a show which i is <laughs> obviously true but like I just think that that's that would be a, a more interesting conversation right is like is it really like this do people really have the the kind of ego is that kind of ego necessary yeah right because I do think that there are absolutely are careers where that kind of ego is necessary yeah so I'm I mean, not that kind of ego but an ego no I've... um in order to truly do your job so I don't know it'd be interesting yeah yeah god I hate nurses like I think that nurse oppression for for audience members is just that like essentially the characters talk down to the nurses in such a, a, a like truly reprehensible way, mm. right? Like, Oh, that, that work is only for a nurse or like, just let a nurse do it. Or what, you know, I don't want to do that. Make a nurse do this or that. I don't know. It's just, I, it just it, like, yeah, it's, it's awful. It just or like, me. Oh, you're a woman. You must be a nurse. That, that definitely comes right. up between Alex and uh, Mare at one point. Right, um, right. Right. And it's really a problem that, um, that goes on. It continues on. Yeah. Um, yeah. To the point that that real life nurses went on strike, like not yeah. not went on strike, but like tried to raise uh, the voice, boycott the show, or like organize a boycott yeah. of the show. Um, and and it got better after yeah. that, right? Like this is something that you don't see in later seasons of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um. Is is it's just I think that it was a, a very clear and obvious mistake yeah. of 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 going too far with one particular you know emphasis. Yeah. And I think that something I do appreciate about the nurses that I do have this as a note is that uh, Tyler, the nurse, is there from the beginning. And I just really love that. Like, I love Tyler. I love his character. I think that he brings sort of um, a wisdom, right? Like, you, you, he's, despite all of this, like, crazy <laughs> nurses are weak and stupid bullshit. Like, he brings a, a sort of a level of... Um, I don't know, like gravity, right? Like you get the sense that he's, he's, he's wise, right? There's a level of wisdom to his, his place on the show and he's there for so many seasons. And yeah. I just really love that he's sort of this, you know, random character that's there at the beginning. Um, I feel the same way about the scrub yeah. nurse, Bulky, but. Well, yes, I, she's, Bulky is like, she's so great. And like, we've, we've sort of joked back and forth about like what kind of audience this podcast yeah. would have yeah. and whatever. And my like really like my goal in life is to, like I've assembled a list of possible guests on the show and Tyler and both are number one and two on my list. Like, I just want to like interview the actors and be like, what was it like yeah. on the show? Like you guys were so great. I love you so I'm much. Like, true. <laughs> like they just were there from the beginning. It's just incredible. I just, yeah. Oh, like bokeh. love bokeh. <laughs> talked at all about Meredith, <laughs> Meredith Gray, Christina Yang, or Derek Shepard, um, <laughs> or, or Miranda Bailey. And I, I, I think that that's actually yeah. okay. Like, I don't think that that's the worst thing in the world. I do think that we should maybe like move on, move on to our bits, oh, yeah. like the things that we are yeah. considering as like regular yeah. features. Um, and I think particularly when it comes to uh, Yang and Gray and Shepard and Bailey, like we're going to be talking about them so yeah. much over the yeah. course of this. I think it's okay to sort of yeah 
they're you know maybe go into a more in-depth discussion of particularly yang and sure. ray by the end of the second yeah. episode yeah right? absolutely Okay, I'm sorry. This is just one other side note that I wrote at some point. Um, sometimes I forget the E on George's name when I'm writing it because I don't care about him enough to finish his name. So you just write Gorge? <laughs> Gorge. <laughs> so the death mm. tally. Just one. Yeah. Right? Just the, just the husband, husband died. Just the husband. And so I guess by virtue of that, his is the saddest right. death. It is. <laughs> I mean, maybe the death of their marriage is sadder. <laughs> I don't maybe, know. Maybe like happens. the death of George is like a viable surgeon. We can't give that a word to George today, okay? 007. 007 oh. of the episode. So 007 is, of course, what they, what the other interns uh, start calling George after he fucks up the appendectomy. Um, and it's licensed to kill, right? Which is horrible. That is, that is like, it's so horrible. Can you just like imagine going through college at, at like what I imagine is a pretty high level and a pretty serious level and then going to med school, which I've heard is fucking horrible. And then like getting in to an internship that is highly competitive and killing somebody on your first fucking day and having people call you 007 licensed to kill. We should note that he didn't kill the guy having the appendectomy. Burke came in and did save the day. That's true, of course. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, still the point stands. Killed that person. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. That's yeah, that is that is pretty rough. I mean, like that is such a terrible nickname. Like even I, for just a moment, was like, oh, George, that's a bummer. Poor guy. <laughs> So he's the 007 of the episode. Um, yeah. I'm wondering who you think the chief resident of the episode is. And so we mean, you know, who won the episode? Who do you think wins? I don't episode? know. That's hard. I You sent me these bits after I'd, I'd watched the episode. And I was trying to think of it when, you know, when we first. <sighs> you know, I think that Meredith wins it a little bit because she ends up doing the surgery, even though she yeah. says she doesn't want to do it. And that's kind of a boss move. But I don't know. I'm open. I'm open to other ideas. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I think that Bailey could almost win it just because she's such a fierce presence from the moment we oh, meet her. Like I'm... she's introduced as the Nazi and, and whatever, whatever. Yeah. We'll get more into Bailey. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm, I agree with you. I think Meredith takes the cake here because, first of all, she snags <laughs> Derek Shepard for a one night right? stand. Right? Not even knowing he's a surgeon. Yeah, like, like fuck yeah. Good, good job. Good for you. You made your... And takes him to her mom's house. Can we yeah. also talk about that? <laughs> yeah, and, like, they, like, fucked on the couch and floor and then just yeah. fell asleep there. Like, that, they had a good time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so not only does she start the episode by getting laid, which also I think is triumphant oh. and fucking radical for oh, truly. a network television show in 2005 to start with the premise of a woman having a one night stand and yeah. she's our heroine. Like at, she's, at she's the protagonist of the show. And she fucking kicks him out. Yeah. Right. And she's like, like not bent out of shape about it. No. You know, like <laughs> she's just like, Oh, that's the, that was great. I got to go. <laughs> I'm going to shower. And when I get out, you won't be here. Do anything you want. No, the thing, exchange the details, pretend we care. Look, I'm gonna go upstairs and take a shower, okay? And when I get back down here, you won't be here. So, um, goodbye. Like, I think that's so wonderful, yeah. right? Like, that, that takes, was like some HBO yeah, shit. Like, that was yeah, good. Yeah. So she sleeps, she sleeps with the hot dude. <laughs> She's just fantastic. <laughs> she, she kind of kills her first day. Like, she diagnoses this, like, undiagnosable thing right like this this brilliant neurosurgeon is at his wits end and meredith is like oh she fell maybe it's this you know like maybe she's having an aneurysm I actually think that the, like <laughs> diagnosis is um is pretty important right because what i like about that is that it shows this wonderful balance that meredith does of like incredible surgeon, great doctor, very very smart woman and also sort of incredibly compassionate you know that like she yes. diagnoses Katie is the girl's name, right? That she's got an aneurysm because of a patient care thing that she was doing, right? When she's lost mm -hmm. talking to her, 
you know, carting her around the hospital. And Katie's like, oh, I'm a ballet dancer or whatever the fuck she, rhythmic gymnastic, gymnast. Yeah. Rhythmic right, gymnastics. Right. <laughs> um, and I like that because it, it like blends from the very first episode, those two things that are so central to the sort of the doctor that she is, right? That like she bills herself not as sort of the intense academic that Yang is and not the like puppy that George is, right? She's sort of this, this blend right. of, of these two people that you know, a lot of people don't like because it's not extreme in either way. But I think that that's a great example, yeah. right? Like, I think that's why she kills it as a doctor is uh, because yeah. she's able to do both of those things. Yeah, I think she has a really, um, I, I think in our next episode, we should totally like talk more about the Meredith, uh, Christina yeah. dynamic in this episode, because again, I think it's what sells the yeah. pilot. Um, but she has this moment where she's talking to Yang about, um, why, like why she's so worried about Katie and she says she has such a great line she won't ever get to become a yeah. person um yeah. if she dies right and I Ugh. just um she she steps outside of this sort of mocking cynical place of like she does rhythmic gymnastics and is an empty airhead and she's like but she's gonna be so much more than that if we just give her the chance like she's just not done becoming a person yet which is so yeah. Meredith yeah. also, right? And so everybody else on the show. Um, and so it's like another perfect diagnosis yeah. of like Katie and literally everyone right. around her, which right. is great. Ugh. It's a great moment. Ugh. Yeah, I think Meredith's a cheaper husband <laughs> of this episode. best line mm. so i i actually already recorded from oh, the good. episode because okay. i've been dicking around with software for is that several a, is days that a professional a podcast term that i'm not familiar with yep dicking around i'm putting it on my resume literally as we speak dicking. um so is it iron yeah it's, i'm putting the fun and fun employment great, great. <laughs> but uh i say it's you want to be a shark be yeah. a shark by christina yeah. yang I'll tell him I changed my mind. But you know, you don't, don't, give, don't do me any favors. It's fine. Christina. You know what? You did a cutthroat thing. Deal with it. Don't come to me for absolution. You want to be a shark, be a shark. It leads to a question I, I have that you don't have to answer, but is just a general question for the whole show, I think, which is, does Meredith want to be a shark, number one, and does she ever become oh. one? And I think those are really interesting questions when we're talking about this character. Oh, God. <laughs> that's a great question i you know yeah <laughs> thank you it's hard you know i think that i have to actually um i i'm watching and i know that you are not watching the current seasons and i don't want to talk about the current seasons but it's hard to like yeah extract myself from that i think that um i think that when i watch the early seasons it it takes her a little bit right and i think that it's so hard because when i if i say she doesn't want to be a shark that says like that's almost negative, right? That like, oh, she doesn't want to be yeah. a shark or she never becomes a shark. But like her life is fucking a shit show, right? Like she's a mess, yes. you know? Yes. Um, and I think that the answer is yes, she does want that in some ways. But um, but I don't think she is at the beginning. I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's too hard. Yeah. No, I think, I, yeah, totally. I think it's, I think it's like a guiding question for the show. And I don't think Meredith knows yeah. at this point. Like I think... Christina really baffles her in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I and I just think it's so great. And I, I feel like that's just the show does a good job consistently of investigating the answer to Absolutely. that question. And it's really it's stuck with me like forever. Yeah. <laughs> For all the millions of times I've watched this great television show. It's like you want to be a shark, yeah. be a shark, like the question and then the command. Yeah. And I think that that's like such an interesting and we'll obviously get into their relationship a little bit more between Christina and Meredith. But like. I think that that's such a, a a founding part of their relationship that Meredith is constantly in awe of of Christina's ability to do that, and Christina is constantly in awe of Meredith's ability to not do that, <laughs> you know, and still <laughs> brilliant, right? That like she constantly fights against that. That Christina is like, you have to be a shark to be a good surgeon, and I'm the best because of this sort of hard, crusty persona that I have. And Meredith is, you know, arguably, you know as equal equally good surgeon as Christina and uh and doesn't have that and I think that it's baffling to both right. of them I don't know it's yeah. just interesting yeah yeah I but I do so. think that that's absolutely a oh it's the best line it's a good line <laughs> 
It's so good. She delivers it with such such venom, and and it's it's good. It's like such a great challenge. Yeah. It's 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 not meant in a cruel no, way. No, it's, it's really meant in like this, you know. I, I don't know. She's like interrogating Meredith in this moment. Like, no, I really I need to know in order to proceed here. Like, right. I need to know right. your answer. Right. You know, I just love it. It's oh, so good. That's great. You want to be sharp? Be sharp. Um. First of all, the best song use. <sighs> I got to give Riley Kiley the beginning. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I got it's agree. just it's just so when she's it, it, because if you've watched this episode, it's the moment that she goes from her home into the hospital. Right. And like these characters spend more time in the hospital than anywhere else. And like we're exposed to their homes. But but the, the hospital is just like it, it's just so symbolic to me that like it's that exact moment when they say like, baby, you're bad news. And it's exactly when she's going in there. And I just think that that's just such a, a birth of a character in that moment. It's just oh, it's just so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you're totally right. It's a great, it's a great birth song. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, it's spot on. It's the perfect way to kick off this episode. I think that it's, it's... our viewers should probably know that we have a pretty heavy, you know, Jenny Lewis bias. <laughs> I think it's a bomb pilot and pilots are they're They're, never good they're always so bad like if my biggest critiques of this episode are alex's suede shirt which i am obviously still (laughs) upset about like or like tr night sweats too much like like i don't have any major holes plot wise or character wise right like i get frustrated with some of the sexism i get frustrated with the costumes i get frustrated with the perspiration <laughs> patterns of some of the characters but like at the end of the day it's a fucking baller episode um and yeah. I, I i truly enjoy it every time i watch it uh, and that i yeah same i'm i'm struck every time i watch it by like oh wow this is a really good pilot what are the odds of yeah, that ever happening yeah and for most exactly for most shows like you just kind of are like all right i'm just going to start on episode 5 when i want to believe that this show started <laughs> and i think i think the kicker for me and for everyone i'm assuming is of course the reveal at the yeah. end that meredith's voiceover She's talking to her mother, yeah. who is in a home. Yeah. She has early onset Alzheimer's, and she doesn't recognize her own daughter. And she's supposedly, or she's she not supposedly, she was this renowned surgeon, yeah. like just one of the most famous surgeons, American surgeons yeah. ever. And that's that's our closing shot is Meredith grasping her mother's hand because her mother's fiddling with her bracelet. Um, oh, which is such a she's painful, told her mom all about her. That's first such a painful day. moment. That moment when she's fiddling at the bracelet. I don't know why that just yes. like captures me every time. Oh, it's just that tiny it's detail. Really, just um, and that and that's the. I think that's a really key moment when you're like, oh, this this is going to be this is about a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, that's a really great way to. That could be the tagline of the show. This is about a lot of stuff. <laughs> this is about <laughs> a lot of stuff. Like it, it truly is because and suddenly like. I wish that I could go back and watch this episode for the first time, you know, Um, because I think that what would be revealed (laughs) is you suddenly forgive Meredith for her wrongdoings in the show, right? Like you forgive her for like the moments when she's meek or the moments when she's like, doesn't want to talk to Derek or gives up the surgery. And you sort of like, it's just such a truly like empathetic moment when you see her talking to her mom and you're like, oh, I see you are. Yeah. Yeah, this is where she's starting right, exactly, from. Like, exactly. Is... Do you not have a medical fact of this week? The medical fact of this week, I don't think I ever actually researched it. I think I said, oh, what is what is a grand mal seizure? Mm. Um, and I don't have an answer, like a scientific answer. We can ask um, our, our special <laughs> guest next week to actually define a grand mal se- yeah. seizure. But I will say that there's an excellent book, The Spirit Catches Me and I oh, Fall Down. Yeah. Um, and it's about a Hmong, a little Hmong girl yeah. um, who has a seizure disorder. And it's, and it's all about sort of there's um this Hmong family without um a lot of financial means um and without any of course like background in sort of the american medical establishment um trying to navigate their way um around their daughter's mm-hmm. treatment and um it's it's almost like an ethnography um by this this writer like a non-fiction account of what they go through um and that was the first time that i ever like 
became aware of what like grandmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent. I don't have an answer, but that was my that was your medical question. <laughs> Go read this book. I don't know. <laughs> what I thought was interesting medically about this um, about this particular episode is that Katie, I forget her last name, Katie, the rhythmic gymnast. <laughs> Katie Rhythmic <laughs> Dancer Gymnast. Um, that she ends up having an aneurysm from falling and spraining her ankle. And there's a line that Derek says, and he's there, you know, it's that moment when Chris, or um, it's actually what I think is interesting is that Meredith has the realization that she's discovered what it is, what she thinks it is. And they go find yeah. Derek in the elevator, which is also important because it's like one of the first elevator moments. Um, but so she, <laughs> they go to the elevator and it's interesting because Meredith comes up with the idea, but Christina says it, right? Like she's the one who's communicating it to Derek. And she says like, she fell, she sprained her ankle, blah, 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 blah. And then they go and she gets the CT scan, the, the scan of her brain. Um, and, and Derek says like, there's, you know, it could have been there her whole life and she would never would have noticed all she had to do was hit it in the right mm. spot. And I think that that yeah. like, I think that that was a moment when I watch a show every time is like, damn, <laughs> like, that shit can just happen. Like you could have an aneurysm and have no, no idea. Um, and I think that that's like, I think that that's the allure of brain surgery and or neurosurgery in this, in this show. Right. Is that like the like uncontrollable aspect of it that I think is like so yes. horrifying. I was just going to say the utter yeah, lack of control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's how that makes me feel. And that she's like a young woman too is just, and like super naive is just, ugh. it's just, it's, I just, in your are, are scary. And I hope I didn't have. Yeah, no, they're, they're totally horrifying. Yeah. Totally horrifying. Uh, which is, is not scientific information about no, aneurysm. It's, it's not. So sorry for that fact. But <laughs> I feel like right. that aneurysms are terrifying really rides the line between subjective and objective honestly <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> all right well this uh wraps up our podcast uh thanks so much for listening we'll be back uh in a week we're gonna probably try and do a weekly thing um this podcast is much longer than the rest because it's the pilot um hopefully we'll be able to keep it at least under an hour <laughs> for christ's sake <laughs> going forward uh and yeah thanks for listening